Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. Reflection from the Heart is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a family ministry of Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join us as we break open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for this Sunday's Mass, as we invite the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers to inspire us today. And now, here is your host with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome, everyone, to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name is David Abel. I'm joined today by Cameron Norris. Welcome, Cameron. Thank you so much. Awesome, awesome. Everybody would take a moment and get their Bibles. We're going to turn to the Gospel of Mark, chapter 1, verses 14 through 20. But before we break open the bread of life, let us invite the Holy Spirit into our hearts so that we're able to see where to see, hear where to hear, and then enflesh the Word of God and put it into action. So without further ado, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, come, Holy Spirit, into our hearts and enkindle in our hearts the fire of your love. Set our hearts ablaze in your loves and allow us to be lights in the world that lead to you. Holy Spirit, we invite you into this meeting where two are gathered, you are present, that we may break open the bread of life and spiritually see the truths and realities we're called to receive and then to share them with all of our listeners. Prepare the hearts of our listeners that they too may consume this bread of life and then set this world ablaze with your love, your truth, your mercy, your compassion, that we may all be signposts that point to the heavenly reality, the eternal exchange of love, and that we're invitations to that banquet with you, Lord Jesus for all eternity. In Jesus' most precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Awesome. And if you don't mind, giving us a little gospel love today. It would be an honor. Again, we are in Mark chapter 1, verses 14 to 20. After John had been arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the gospel of God. This is the time of fulfillment. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. As he passed by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting their nets into the sea. They were fishermen. Jesus said to them, Come after me, and I will make you fishers of men. Then they abandoned their nets and followed him. He walked along a little farther and saw James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They too were in a boat mending their nets. Then he called to them, So they left their father Zebedee in the boat along with the hired men and followed him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. You know, when you read this, the first word I circle was arrested. You know, sometimes, you know, so after John had been arrested, sometimes it's the most difficult times of our life that we go through that God speaks the clearest to us. And when he speaks to us, it's meant for us to open up our spiritual eyes to see, open up our spiritual ears to hear, and then open up our hearts to receive his love, his mercy, his grace, so that that can then overflow into each and every heart that God brings into our lives. So for me, this this reality that John, you know, Jesus' cousin, arrested and, you know, eventually beheaded, I mean, it's the toughest things we go through. It's through our suffering that we're formed more perfectly into the image and likeness of Christ that we are to learn the most. So for me, what I keep learning day after day after day is when I go these through these difficult things in my day, in my life, is say, Lord, what did you want to teach me? And then listen, 
because God's profound truths through our suffering, through the toughest parts of our lives, are meant for our edification. Okay, we're all called to go through this period, what we like to call in the Catholic Church of purgation, purgatory, here on earth, and then at the end of our life, prior to us entering the gates of heaven. It's purgatory is the purging within us, that which is not of Christ, and the perfecting in us that which is of Christ through the fire of God's love. And that comes from the story in the Bible of the, the hay and the stubble and the wood that gets burned off through the fire of God's love. But the gold and silver also go through that fire. You know, that's the, the pieces that are part of Christ. That it gets refined, the impurities are burned out. And, and it tells us real simple, in that passage, there will be suffering. So as we go through these times of suffering, it's that's when we're formed more perfectly in the image and likeness of Christ. So man, as difficult it is, unite your sufferings with the sufferings of Christ for the salvation of souls. That's another beautiful truth of the biblical truth of Catholic teaching. And then ask the Father, what do you want to teach me? Then listen and learn. And once you learn, then you become the teacher to help others. Wow. When we follow Jesus, it often requires us to abandon something else. When Jesus says, come after me and I'll make you fishers of men, it says, then they abandoned their nets and they followed him. And, and just thinking kind of practically, um, not trying to add to this, but if, if you think of these guys as fishermen, it also says their, their father was in the boat along with hired men. Like I'm picturing them with their dad, so their dad was a fisherman, they're fishermen, their kids are probably going to be fishermen, their grandpa was probably a fisherman, they probably were being trained on, here's how you handle the nets, here's how you fish, here's how you navigate the waters, here's how you read the sky, and someday this boat's yours, someday this net is yours, someday this crew is yours. Like their whole way of life, you know, some, one day this stand at the market is going to be yours. This is how the whole world works. Everything they were being trained to do, they had to abandon that to go after Jesus. It wasn't just, hey, I'm going to come after him for the next half hour and listen to what this guy's saying. It is saying they're turning away from a life that maybe they had planned out. Maybe they had the, their one year, three year, five year, 10 year written out. I think I'm, I, I'm not trying to add to this. I'm just saying we could picture that, right? We could picture this. Okay. This is how it works. You know, um, this is how it works from great grandpa to grandpa, to dad, to me, to the next generation. And it says they abandoned him. So, so they were really giving up any plans that they had for themselves any plans that they were told, this is, this is the way it's going to work, and, and they respond to that voice. And I think we have to recognize when that voice says, come after me, and I'll make you fishers of men. It had to do something to their hearts. It had to have been like that road to Emmaus, like that, doesn't our heart burn when he speaks? For them to abandon everything that they knew, to just, and he wasn't throwing out promises. He wasn't saying, Hey, come after me, and it's a life of good, 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 all these things. He, he said the words, come after me, and I'll make you fishers of men. And I think when, when our heart hears that, it's important for us to respond. It's, a, it's important for us to say, whoa, this is, this is a voice that I cannot 
walk away from. I, I, I think we need to be able to recognize those times. And it could be a simple moment of reading a book with your kids at bedtime. It could be a, a, a career change. It could be um, a, a walk of life. It, it could be something that you've been programmed with. Hey, I think this is how it works for now and for the future. And he's saying, come after me. And by doing that, you're going to have to abandon some things. I think that's the beginning of the walk of following him. Awesome. And, you know, here's what's interesting. What else is it telling us? That God gave us gifts and talents that we're to use here in the world. Fishermen, they learn how to mend a net, cast a net, what tides to go out on, the full moon, the sun, the this, seasons of the year. They use all that in worldly, for worldly things. God's saying, but I gave you those gifts and talents for the biggest mission, the true mission, which is the salvation of souls. So again, this whole thing of, of our gifts and talents, how are we using them for the kingdom purpose? Right. For, for God's purpose in our life to be unified with Christ on, and I use the word commissioned with Christ, co meaning joined with the mission of Christ. Christ's mission was the salvation of souls. Join with Christ, take his yoke upon us. You know, the yoke, I love the yoke because it's it's a yoke for two. One is the fully trained one that knows the farmer's voice and knows the way and knows the path, and the other's the newbie. That's you and I. But the one that knows the father's voice and knows the path and knows the way is Jesus. So we take on that yoke and we're all pulled in the same direction, plowing up the same fields for the salvation of souls. So how are we using our gifts and talents each day for the, the best? which is for the kingdom of God, at the workplace, in the community. And this is where God continues to refine me and work on me to make sure I'm doing that. You know, as I was looking at estate planning in my life, I was looking at, oh, wow, there's this, this, this uh, dynasty dynasty trust that skips a generation, goes to grandchildren. I'm looking at all this to save the taxes. I'm like, this is amazing. And then I'm sitting down in prayer one day, and the Lord's like, did you forget about me? I'm like, what? I'm saving these taxes, Lord. He's like, but, 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 but if you did it this way and I gave you the charities that could take those funds and could help save lives and help save souls and do all this, which do you think will give you the better yield? Because you have no idea what grandchildren are going to do with that gift. You've seen evidence of how it spoils people and does things. And I'm like, you know what, Lord? You're right. I can accomplish the same thing right. um, with the funds in my mind, but really for the kingdom purpose, it's what I'm doing. So now I'm restructuring all of that estate planning to make sure the true charities out there that need the funds, that that's where the funds go to in the salvation of souls. So those that are pure, those that are holy, those that are truly all in for the Lord. It was exciting. But for me, I had to go through a a very difficult situation that caused me to take a second look and go, wait a minute. I don't want to just give this funds this way. Right. I want to invest it right. in the salvation of souls. So again, ladies and gentlemen, always ask the Father and listen. Have ears to hear. Yeah. I, I, I'm drawn to this sentence in here, verse. As he passed by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew. As he passed by means he wasn't just sitting around. And I think it's important for us to get up on our feet, 
and actually start moving, going to do something. But as you're doing everything that you're doing, do we see? He saw Simon. He, he could have easily been heading to lunch or somewhere else and, and not saw the people along the way. Do we, do we walk by somebody and actually see them? Hmm. And I'm reminded of times where I'll prepare my heart and I'll ask the Lord as I go out today, you have nuggets out there for me. I don't want to miss one of them. And when I do that and you walk by somebody and the Lord starts highlighting them and then you just ask, I'll ask, do you want me to just pray for that person hmm. in my heart? Do you want me to say an encouraging word to them? Usually always the response is a yes. It's, a, it's an affirmative. I, I, put, I put that person in your path to have encouraging, encouraging words for them today. And I'm thinking of some of the most precious moments are with a stranger and the Lord highlights them and, and he's obviously prepared their heart and he's prepared for this encounter to happen. But, but I'll start with something soft of, Hi, good to see you. I like your jacket, uh, something like that. And then I'll, I'll just kind of change gears and say something like, you know, I, I'm a believer in Jesus, and I just felt like as I was passing by you, the Lord was really highlighting you to me, and whatever the Holy Spirit wants to encourage them with, I'll just be open to share that with them. Those are some of the most precious times. But then it makes me think, are there times where I didn't see something? Mm. And, and I think just admittingly, the answer is yes there, but it's so, I don't know, fulfilling or it's, it, it's like such a sweet flavor or, or aroma to those times where we're going to be passing by and our hearts are open to actually see something. And then there's other times where you might see something and, and that might not be the appropriate setting to have a conversation like that. But do we revisit it? Do we, re do we recall it? Do we come back to it and say, hey, when this happened, this stood out to me. And, and, and maybe it's just a conversation you need to have with the person. or you, And maybe they just need to process it. They need something to talk through. But I think it's, it's important. To, oftentimes we open up, even when we're doing the radio show here, we'll say, Lord, we want eyes to see what we're to see, ears to hear what we're to hear, and hearts to respond. I think seeing something, it, 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 means, it means you didn't just look at it, but you actually saw it. You, you know, like those, like you, somebody shows you a painting. I'm thinking of our kids. We have young kids at the house. Here, look at this beautiful art, you know, a six-year-old handing you a, a piece of construction paper with this artwork he did. And there's times where it's a long day and it's like, oh, that's great, buddy. That's really cool. Good job. And it's fine, you know, we, we move on with the rest of the day and we have dinner and everything's fine. But there's times where we get those and it's like, wow, he's really looking for attention or affirmation. We're like, wow, look at that cactus. I've never seen you draw a cactus like that before. And then he'll just go, again, a six-year-old. Yeah, I, I thought of it. I saw the picture in my mind, and I remembered it, and I did it green, and see it has the pricklies here. And, and it's just this moment of innocence and purity and affirmation. For He was looking for it. He got it. 
but did we have eyes to see what he was actually saying when he came with the painting and said, did you see what I did here? Mm. Yeah. And admittedly, we miss it often, but our heart is we don't want to miss those opportunities. Now, you know what's, what's really funny is this morning I went to Mass, and as I was leaving Mass, I passed by a man, and I said a greeting to him and offered him a thank you. I also noticed that the man was devoid of joy. I also knew, noticed he was downcast. I noticed there was something heavy. And as I passed him, I said, he's suffering from an addiction. He's got a problem. And so I prayed for him. But I think in what you just shared, Cameron, and as I sat here and listened, I need to go and see if I can find that man. I think I know where to find him because I think he needs help. He needs to have Christ in his life to set him free from whatever it is. And, you know, again, these things aren't an accident. Your words just convicted me. So I'm going to go this afternoon, keep me in your prayers. And if God wants me to meet up with him, he will set that meeting up and, and I'll just be wow. a vessel to say, "Wow, can I help you? Wow. But I would promise you this morning, I passed by him. I saw his eyes. I saw his face. Yeah. I, I spiritually felt his countenance. Mm -hmm. You see, when we're walking in the spirit, we're given the gifts of the spirit, you know, which is your peace, your joy, your love, your patience, your generosity. It, it's just, we have this spiritual sense about us. And that's so important because we need to have spiritual eyes to see. And when we see somebody whose eyes aren't looking at you, right. whose face is downcast, and we experience that spiritual feeling, they're devoid of joy. Does God want us to be Christ in that person's life mm. and just say, just checking on you, how are you doing? Right. And then let God work. Right. So again, I didn't feel called to go back right then, almost did, but I, I, I didn't. But I think I need to make the drive and, and go. And if, I, if he's there, then, then right. I was meant to meet with him. Right. If he's not, then if God doesn't bring it back up, then I wasn't. But I don't want to miss those opportunities. Yeah. You know, and I want to help everybody also. One of the biggest keys to spiritually having eyes to see, spiritually having ears to hear, and spiritually having a heart open to do, be these vessels in God's hands is the key in this scripture. It says the kingdom of God is at hand. Right. The first thing we're called to do is repent. Yes. Because you see, the cataracts of sin blind us. The, call it, earwax of sin blocks our hearing. And our hearts become hardened by sin. The first thing we must do is get clean. That's what happened to me in my life at age 46. We need to confess our sins. God has given us such a grace in the priesthood and the sacrament of reconciliation. Don't be afraid. If you don't know the act of contrition, if you don't know the words, just go in and say to Father, Father, I don't know them, but I'm a sinner in need of healing. Help me through this. And I promise you, the Christ that lives in through and with that priest will help you on that journey to be set free. Those spiritual eyes, spiritual ears, and a heart to respond with love allows you to enter into the kingdom of God that's at hand because you are then bringing Christ into other people's lives and you're allowing then Christ into your wounds to set you free. So again, this key is repent first because believing, well, even the demons 
knew what who he was. Right. So believing the demons knew and they weren't set free. It really starts with that repentance. Yes. And then believing that the word of God doesn't come back void, that we are called to enflesh the word of God as Jesus did and be those instruments in the salvation of souls, in the spiritual battle that is raging in this world today. And these are the words of Jesus. Jesus said, the kings at hand repent and believe in the gospel. And I believe when Jesus gives us an instruction to do with do, to do something along with those words is also the capability to do it so i think when he speaks to us to do something sometimes i'll pick on myself here an immediate response might be that's impossible <laughs> that 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 is very lofty like i recognize your voice in this but that is whoa but when he speaks, it carries with it the ability to do something that maybe we couldn't do one second prior. But because he said, do this, it has the ability, like like the his words actually carry with it the ability for that to happen. So repenting, it's turning away from something. It's getting out of something. It is, it is headed away from the mark and turning around and actually heading towards the mark. Um, I, I, I think it's important just that familiarity with his voice when he's asking to do something, even if it feels like it might be a lot, he's also giving you the capability to do something that maybe you couldn't, you don't think you could do because you couldn't get out of that a week ago. You couldn't get out of that yesterday but when he's asking you to get out of it he's also giving you the ability to get out of it beautiful and jesus came and gave his life so that we all may have the abundant life again to have the abundant life it starts with that number one thing we've got to go to christ in the confessional work and in and through and with that that priest to repent of our sins to get set free and get clean and then it takes a total surrender Jesus Christ came to this earth for one reason and one reason only, and that was to do the will of the Father. Jesus tells us in how to pray is our Father. He unites his sonship with us, and the Father is also our Father. So for us, as Christ lives in us, with us, and through us, it's about that relationship with the Father through in, through, and with Jesus Christ. The more we enter into that divine intimacy, and invite the Father along in every situation. Like what I just told you about, you know, going to see this man that I believe is really in a bad place. It's like, Father, is that what you'd like me to do? And if so, grant me the gifts of the Holy Spirit that I can speak what I'm to speak, hear what I'm to hear, but only what the Holy Spirit guides me to do. And then let it be for your purpose. Let it be for your purpose. Invite the Father along. For me, this journey of life, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I didn't know that. So I got set free at age 46. And now for the past 19 years, my life has been a great adventure. It doesn't mean it was easy. <laughs> I've gone through some of the most painful things in my life, but I wouldn't trade it for anything because through all of it, God has continued to refine me in the fires of his love and to use me to be a vessel of his mercy, compassion, love, forgiveness in this world and an instrument 
in the salvation of souls. Ladies and gentlemen, Moses was 80 when he started. You're not too old. <laughs> Say your yes today and watch God work. So good. And I'm thinking of a practical example as I'm, I'm reading this where he says, come after me and I'll make you fishers of men. If you've fished, and I've, I've done fishing before, you, you don't catch somebody with that. You don't catch a fish with every cast. Sometimes you got to change out your lure. Sometimes you have to try a different time of day. You have to try a different side of the water. You have to try different things. I think one of the expressions they use about fishing is like, it's not called catching, it's called fishing. So you're actually reeling in empty, casting back out, reeling in empty, casting back out. And when he calls us to be fishers of men, we can't go to him at the end of the day and say, Hey, I tried to be encouraging one time to the one person, and you know what? They, they were rude to me, so this thing doesn't work. <laughs> Cast your line back out. You know what? Try this hook. Try this lure. Try, yes. this, try this worm. Try live bait. Try a spinner. Try. I'm, I'm using it as a practical example, but when he says be fishers of men, it doesn't mean that you're not going to run into opposition, and it doesn't mean every time that you try to share the gospel with somebody that they're going to be receptive and their heart's going to be in the right place and it's going to be success and you're going to have a, a, a trophy fish come in, so to speak. Like using the fishing example, fishers of men means, hey, you know what? I've been after a, a big fish in this pond for a long time. I know he's in there. I know he's in there, but I've been out here for years after him. And what he's saying to us is, be fishers of men. It, it, it means if, if you didn't get him today, that's fine. I, I want you back out on the water tomorrow. I want you back out on the water tomorrow. I want you back in the water this afternoon. I think he wants us to have that. It, it, it's not like a slot machine. Okay, here, here's what it is. I, I, I have this information of the gospel. I share it. They say they're yes to Jesus. They turn their <laughs> life around. They Right? I, I, just practically, that's, that's not how it goes. But am I going to show up tomorrow? Am I going to put my waders on? Am I going to get my tackle box out? And am I going to go fishing again? And I know for me, in order to catch fish, you got to go fishing. That's right. So to sit at home on a, on a barca lounger and think about it ain't fishing. Bingo. So for me, I can't grow weary. And yes. through fishing and trial and error, we learn and we grow. That they're under a leaf, under a stump, behind this, this current, in an eddy. We learn the baits. We learn how to do it. So Lord, help me to get out there in the world united with your Holy Spirit, and be that fisherman of men that you want me to be each and every day of my life. Teach me, and then allow me to teach others. God bless each and every one of you. Let's light this world afire. God bless. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, please consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For more information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, and to learn about all of the family of ministries, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, 
is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you've enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider partnering with us by making a tax-deductible donation by visiting stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of all of us at Stewardship, a mission of faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.